Hey, football fans, this is Diana Rossini from The Athletic. Get the top stories in pro football snapped directly to your inbox with our latest NFL newsletter, Scoop City. Jacob Robinson and I will bring you the daily scoop of top NFL articles, posts, and podcasts every Monday to Friday. Sign up for free now at theathletic.com backslash scoop. This is The Athletic Football Show. Everybody and welcome into the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast and the Athletic Football Show. It is a Friday, couple of weeks, ten days before Super Bowl Fifty Five is here between the Chiefs and the Buccaneers, and we are here to start getting you ready for this game from a gambling perspective. I am Michael Beller. I am joined by Vic Tafer as always. Vic, this is uh, not the Super Bowl that uh, we, you and I, expected. We both thought we were going to be looking at the Chiefs on one side. The Packers on the other, that obviously did not play out. I guess uh, it's our own fault for doubting uh, Tom Brady wouldn't be able to get two handfuls of uh, Super Bowl appearances. So here we are, Chiefs and Buccaneers. Uh, how you feeling as we start uh, looking toward this game a little more than a week from now? Yeah, I mean, it's going to be a great game. Obviously, looking at probably the two, it could be the two greatest quarterbacks of all time when it's all said yeah. and done. I just think um, it's amazing with Tom Brady. Everyone says that, but uh, really to think that this year of all years, everyone's talking about you know the COVID-19 and all the, how hard it was, no off season, all these excuses coaches make, and here a guy comes in, brand new team, and he's mm-hmm. back in the Super Bowl, which is it's absurd. But uh, yeah, it should be fun. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, we're going to hear, uh, we've already heard it a bunch, right? I mean, we've had a, a five days worth of uh, leading up to this game. We've already heard the uh, passing of the torch from one generation of greatness to the next generation of greatness. I think we're going to hear it a little bit more over these next nine, ten days. And uh, we'll try not to say it ourselves, but no guarantees. Uh, we're going to get things started on this uh, episode here. Not necessarily locking in any bets. If there's some that we have some big conviction about, of course, we'll feel free to lock them in. But really, think of this as part one of a two-part extravaganza as we build up toward Super Bowl 55. We're going to talk about the side, the total. We're obviously going to dive into some props. This is just sort of scratching the surface and getting ready for the big discussion when we do ultimately lock in our favorite plays for Super Bowl 55. That will be next week. We're going to start the conversation here. And Vic, you know, I really think that we should start with the game itself. Right now, the line at BetMGM has the Chiefs favored by three and a half. We have an over-under of 56 and a half. No movement on the line yet. This is where the line opened. The uh, total has come down one point. Open at 57 and a half, down to 56 and a half. Both tickets in handle strongly on the Chiefs and the over. How are you feeling about this part of the game? Uh, I probably would uh, never thought I'd say this, but I probably lean towards the uh, the Brady's. I think um, <laughs> just the fact that they're at home. I think it's amazing. They're it's a home game for them. I think that definitely is a, not a huge factor, but definitely a factor. I mm-hmm. think the fact that I'm sure there's a sense of uh, they're a team of destiny. I'm sure that the players on that team think they're, they're you know this is obviously some part of some greater plan because look at these, <laughs> look at these playoff games and they, right. the Saints game are kind of lucky in the Saints game last week they throw three interceptions and still win that game. So you can't say they're playing their best and they've gotten here. Just by blowing out teams, so I think it's it's kind of cool in that regard. And the Chiefs, I think, obviously incredible offense, but injuries in the O line, I think, are a little concerning. They have two guys out now in the O line. I think Mahomes still has some issues with that the foot. He's not really himself quite yet. So to me, that also is in the in the Bucks' favor. 
You can even go back to the first game of the playoffs, and uh, Taylor Heineke and Washington gave this Bucks team all they could handle, and that was one where I really thought that they were going to walk over their opponent, and that just didn't happen. And that game, uh, you know, maybe a little bit closer on the scoreboard than it was in reality, but that was not a game that the Bucks just waltzed on through and uh, advanced to the divisional round. So you're right about them really not having played their best football at any point uh, of these playoffs, and yet they still find themselves in the Super Bowl, I'm going to go the other direction. I feel pretty good about the Chiefs here. Uh, I just I just can't really uh, find a way in which this game doesn't ultimately go in their direction, and I feel comfortable that they're going to cover the three and a half. What you point out about the offensive line is where I would get a little bit concerned. We know Eric Fisher obviously not going to be out there. Chiefs don't sound too optimistic about Mitchell Schwartz being able to return for this game either, and that's obviously going to be something that they have to overcome. That's going to be a very hard thing uh, for them to do, but you think back to the way these games played, the way these teams played, excuse me, in their regular season meeting. It was a game that the Chiefs controlled throughout. The Buccaneers actually made it interesting in the second half, but uh, Chiefs went into that game with uh, a two-score lead at halftime, only scored seven points after the break. So you do uh, find some nice adjustments made by that uh, uh, Tampa Bay defense in the second half of that game. But I still look to the way that this Chiefs offense is playing right now, and I don't think that Tampa is necessarily built to take advantage of what the Chiefs maybe don't do. I mean, you can try to take away Kelsey. You can try to take away Tyree Kill, as we saw last week. Very hard to take away both of them. And what I liked about Buffalo, I mean, I picked the Chiefs, but what scared me about Buffalo a little bit was a belief that they would be able to score with Kansas City. Obviously, Tampa has that going for it as well, but it just hasn't been a team that has been playing the way that we would want to see from a team that's going to take down the Chiefs. At any point, these playoffs, you and I talked about it last week, if Jared Cook doesn't fumble in the second half, late in the third quarter uh, against the Buccaneers, do the Saints win that game? And are we talking about a Saints-Packers NFC Championship game? I mean, how many things? Everything that went wrong for the Packers was a massive thing that went wrong. How often do uh, Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams not connect on that back shoulder throw? And we're talking about four points coming off the board where they had to settle for a field goal instead of getting a touchdown. How often does Aaron, Aaron Jones fumble way deep in his own territory. Every single thing that went wrong, the dropped interception for Green Bay and Tom Brady hits Scotty Miller and a a half-ending touchdown two plays later. I mean, every single thing that didn't go well for Green Bay went horribly in a huge way. And that doesn't take anything away from the Buccaneers. They still earned their way to the Super Bowl, but it's the reality. So I still do like uh, the uh, Chiefs in this one. I think we're talking about a repeat Super Bowl. And honestly... I might be thinking about playing this up to like five and a half, six and a half, eight and a half, playing around with those alternate lines because I do think that we could see the Chiefs take this one going away similar to what we saw against the Bills last week. I know last week we talked about the uh, the Bucks and Packers. I said the one thing that concerned me, well, we had both of the Packers, but I was concerned about the running game for the Bucks. I think Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones are running pretty well. And they could be big factors in this game as well. I think that definitely gives the, the Bucks an edge over the, the Chiefs running game. So I hear you. All those reasons are true about the Bucks skating by, but it also kind of shows why well they're a team of destiny. I mean, uh, I don't, yeah. I, I'll never – Never see myself picking against the Chiefs this kind of game because I, I love their <laughs> offense. Obviously, it's so fun to watch, and I think Mahomes is the best player in the league by far. But mm-hmm. the only way I would probably do it is if it was Tom Brady in a home game, you know, with everything going for him. So I can't believe I'm saying it. I really am surprised. I might change my mind, but as of right now, I'm leaning towards the Bucks. And I also like the under. I think the under is also a good play. I think we mentioned the O-line problems that KC has, and Tampa has some issues with, with turnovers. So I think the number sounds a little higher to me. I think uh, I might go in the under as well. 
Yeah, I mean, it, no one wants to bet a Super Bowl under, right? Um, and I actually uh, checked out the. Uh, yeah, it's no fun. Like you're right. You're you're even in even in this year, you're going to be getting together with maybe a smaller group of people, but still a group of people. You've got you know Tom Brady on one side, Patrick Mahomes on the other. Two great offenses, two elite, elite, elite out per crust quarterbacks. Like no one wants to be sitting there and cheering for a twenty-four to twenty game, right? We want to see this game played into the thirties. I do favor the under too. And it just it, it no matter how much experience two guys have, no matter how great these two offenses are, we see it time and time and time again. You have the two weeks off, you have all this time to prepare for one another. You have the defenses putting in all this work, and frankly, no matter who you are, maybe a little bit of Super Bowl jitters coming out, and teams start slow. We've seen it uh, over the last few years. Maybe the the Eagles Patriots game didn't start start slow, but that's the last Super Bowl. That's the only Super Bowl in recent memory that didn't get off to a relatively slow start. We did see Falcons and Patriots hit the over, but that took overtime, and that took a touchdown in overtime to get that game over. It took the remarkable comeback by the Patriots, and you just see a lot of teams starting out slow in the Super Bowl, and 57 is a big number. We could start slow, and we could still get a... I don't know, 31 to 24 game and we're going under. So it's going to take two A plus performances. These quarterbacks can deliver it. These offenses can deliver it, but I do favor uh, the under as well. Before we move on from this discussion, and again, we'll have a lot more on this part of the game a week from now, or a little less than a week from now, next week's episode. Uh, you say you like the bucks. Are we, are you talking bucks money line? Or are we talking just bucks getting the three and a half? Well, three and a half is pretty nice. So, I mean, I can, I'm not sure I'm that bold. I still haven't really uh, done all the, the homework and stuff. But just my, my gut feeling says, I think I said last week, if, if Brady somehow beats the Packers in Green Bay, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm on board. So, I think I'm yeah. on board. I think I might even, like you said, might go for the gusto and go money line. But uh, it just seems like the right play. I know the Chiefs are invincible on offense, but uh, defense is not great. I think, um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I just, uh, it's a, I think it's going to be a fun game. I definitely I think... Um, I'm sure Brady is definitely enjoying uh, this moment, and it's just it's incredible to me that he's back here again uh, so soon. All right, we're going to have to uh, nail something down next week. But as of right now, I'm liking the Chiefs minus 3.5. You were liking the Bucks getting the 3.5. We are both on the under, although no bets placed just yet. We'll have that for you a couple of days from now. Do you like Formula One but struggle to keep up with everything that's going on? Then we have the podcast for you. Introducing the Race F1 Briefing, the podcast that brings you the latest F1 headlines in 15 minutes or less. With new episodes dropping on all four days of every race event, you'll never miss out on hearing what went down in practice, qualifying or the Grand Prix itself. And we'll also bring you all the behind the scenes news and gossip from the F1 paddock as well. If that sounds like the F1 podcast for you, search the Race F1 Briefing in your podcast app of choice. We'd love to have you join us. All right, Vic, it is prop time. We've got a lot of props that we want to talk about. I know you picked out some that you are in favor of playing. We have award props, of course. We have some of the fun ones uh, to get to. Wondering who uh, is going to get doused with Gatorade and what color that Gatorade might be. Always one of the fun bets that you can make. Bet on National Anthem lengths and first commercial. It's all going to be out there. We're talking about some of the props that are available in the BetMGM markets right now. The first one I want to talk with you about, Vic, 
It's the MVP. Uh, right now, Patrick Mahomes is the obvious favorite. Plus 100, Tom Brady plus 200. It's going to be hard for a non-quarterback to win this, and that is also something that BetMGM is offering you. You can bet not only on the players, but you can bet on the position of who wins the MVP. Uh, let me throw this one at you, Vic. As of Thursday morning, 49.3% of the handle that BetMGM had taken, so almost 50% is on Patrick Mahomes to win the MVP. So that means a lot of people also, obviously, behind the Kansas City Chiefs. He opened as a plus-130 favorite, now down to plus-100. Tom Brady opened at plus-240. He is down to plus-200. And what we've seen is basically everyone else climbing up. Travis Kelsey started at plus-800. He's moved to plus-1,000. Tyreek Hill started at plus-800. He is now at plus-900. Is there any value to be found really anywhere here? I mean, you know, Patrick Mahomes is obviously the big-time favorite here, but at plus-100, there's I think there's just more efficient ways to spend your money. Yeah, I agree. And you mentioned, like, people want to have fun with these bets. And, I mean, it's a lot of fun to have been on Patrick Mahomes, even if it is plus 100. I mean, he's definitely fun to watch. And definitely, like, odds are he probably will win it if they win the game. But <laughs> yeah. um, it's not really a lot of value. I found one that I, I like, and I, I'm nuts. But I'm going with uh, my whole defensive uh, theme. I'm Uh-oh. going with Jason Pierre-Paul, 150-1. to 1. I don't even know when the last defensive player was to win an MVP. It's been a long time. It was, uh, oh, my was God. It, was it Rod Martin? No, it was the uh, oh my god, who what was his name? Uh, Dexter, the, the Buccaneers. When the Buccaneers oh, you're right, the, the Buccaneers guy, the cornerback. Uh, oh my god, Williams. Last name yes, Williams, I, Jackson, uh, Dexter Jackson. They, yes, Dexter Jackson. We're Dexter, close. That was, uh, is that it? That was the last. Yep, Dexter Jackson. Uh, that was the last right, so he had, Super Bowl he had, MVP. Or no, right, that was so last defensive so Super Bowl figure, MVP. Yeah, yeah, I figure we're due. So I figure three sacks, <laughs> three sacks, maybe like a forced fumble, maybe even a touchdown, or I don't even know. Just three sacks, even three sacks, I think I'm good. So I think um, I mentioned O line problems they have. He's been playing great. He's been playing lights out this last month or so. So uh-huh. I, I mean, it's a fun way to go. I think, uh, like you said, there's no really value in the guys top of the right. board. I mean, Travis Kelsey seems like he always scores, so he's pretty. Uh, that'd be a good bet, I guess. But um, I'm going with the Bucks and the upset and the defense. I'm going for the long shot and going JPP. What a weird Super Bowl MVP that was. He had two interceptions in that game. Um, but, you know, Rich Gannon had that unbelievable. Rich Gannon was the MVP that year. He threw five picks uh, in that one. And, of course, he had uh, the whole John Gruden storyline with uh, being the former Raiders coach, now coaching the Buccaneers. Just a stray, a blowout win for the Buccaneers. It was, uh, right, the defense against the offense, and we saw the defense prevail in that one. And... I think it is. Let me let me uh, let's, let's look it up. List of Super Bowl. He's always this takes you in fun directions when you start talking about these things, and that's uh, one of the things that we yeah. love about this uh, about uh, having only the one game left. But it takes you in these directions where suddenly we're finding. Uh, oh, Von Miller was uh, was a Super Bowl MVP of Super Bowl Fifty. Oh, that's right. So there we go. We have a defensive right. player. Actually, we were wrong uh, twice. Malcolm Smith was the Super Bowl MVP uh, for the Seahawks in the uh, what 2013 yeah. season, 2014 Super Bowl. So, so this would be a- actually the all, third in the all, last. Yeah, yeah, third in the last. One, happens two, three, all the time. Five, six, happens all the time. So three. It would be this would be three out of eight years that we're talking yeah. about here. If you're right here, so <laughs> I mean, we're, getting, is, we're getting great odds there. It's going yeah. to happen. That's right. You know what's nice about this is what you always want to do. If right, if you're looking for an MVP bet, you got to build a scenario, right? You got to play out a storyline in which it could happen, and that is something that could happen, right? I mean, if if you are going to beat the Chiefs, you are going to have to find a way, maybe not to totally stop Patrick Mahomes, but slow him down. 
and we would think it would happen from the Buccaneers and their ability to get pressure. We saw it against Aaron Rodgers a week ago. Jason Pierre-Paul, an excellent game in that one. So, I don't know. I think that, uh, you know, at least I'm not going to join you on it if ah, you do end up playing it. But uh, at least at least you have, the, like, like I would much rather do that than, like, try to find a way to back McCole Hardman at plus 2,500. Right, yeah, like that'd, or, that'd be or, tough. I can't, be, yeah, that'd, right. That'd be tough. Or, or Ronald Jones at plus thirty five hundred. Yeah. Like it, it's going to be hard for any. Just think back to that Patriots Buccaneer or the Patriots Falcons Super Bowl uh, from a few years ago. Uh, James White had an unbelievable game. Scored three touchdowns. Uh, I thought he should have been the runaway MVP in that game, and it was Tom Brady. And Tom Brady had nice stats, of course. And that's it's just it's very hard for an offensive player who is not a quarterback to win it. You really need to have like a Derrick Henry style game on the ground or be the pass catcher who has just done literally everything for uh, for the offense. And it's hard to see that happening with the way these two teams play. So it does feel like a quarterback or one of the defenses, maybe, I mean, Tyreek Hill, but even just plus 900. I mean, Tyreek Hill is the sort of guy who could turn two catches into 160 yards and two touchdowns. And that's the sort of game you need to have as a receiver in this day and age to ultimately be the Super Bowl MVP. So it's one that, uh, again, I I really like to uh, just use my money elsewhere. It's a fun one to talk about. We'll keep on tracking it. We'll check it out next week as well. We'll see how, uh, where the money's coming in and how these, uh, these lines end up moving. Can't imagine that anyone gets played to a minus, although Patrick Mahomes, if that, uh, if that bet percentage keeps going up, maybe he ultimately does flip over to a minus here, but uh, either way, it it does feel as though it's going to be hard to get away uh, from either of these two quarterbacks with the way uh, that things have gone. I mean, we did, uh, what was just uh, two years ago, Julian Edelman won himself a Super Bowl MVP, so it is possible, but very hard for a non-offensive quarterback to take this award home. I was going to get that one. That was a game where he had the catch where he tipped the ball himself, diving yep, yep. incredibly. You have to have an amazing catch, I guess, where you can't say that's because of the quarterback. You have to like, stand out in a way where you make a play that was on a bad pass or a tip or something. But it's hard. It's very hard to imagine, uh, you know, like you said, Brady or, or Mahomes not winning. That ain't, no, you know what? I'm thinking about, I'm sitting here thinking about that wasn't that because that was against the Falcons. That was the okay. Falcons Super Bowl. And the, the one he won was the, the 13 to 3 win over the Rams was where Julian Edelman got his okay. Super Bowl MVP. Yeah. And so maybe it's something like that, but I don't think anyone's thinking we're going to get a 13-3 to game no, <laughs> in, in, uh, in this one, right? So it's just, I like it. I like the scenario, but I like you getting aggressive with uh, with JPP and looking at the defense because uh, not very many people are going to want to go that route. And uh, we'll check in. Maybe uh, maybe we can drive some JPP action in uh, next week at this time. He'll be like uh, plus 14,000, uh, 140 to one instead of the 150 uh, that you're getting now. So but, I, better uh, get, I better get it quick for, before we move the line. Then. I better, uh, <laughs> all right, I get my going. Uh, going to call this the Line Movers Podcast exactly. uh, next season after, after what we're doing here. Um, but uh, yeah, man, I mean. I don't know. Maybe I'll maybe I'll talk myself into one of these other offensive players. But as for the time being, I'm finding other ways to get my bets in. Right. I found one prop I liked. It was um, it's kind of a weird one. It was um, uh, ten plus carries in the ground for both Larry Fournette and Darrell Williams. They each need to get ten uh, more than ten carries. And it pays more than ten. Pl- so we're talking eleven or more, or, or double digits. Uh, yeah, that's a good question. If it was, t- it was ten or more, or more ten plus, but I have to double check that. But either or, but uh, the play is plus one eighty. If both guys get, mm-hmm. I think probably, I think it was ten or more, ten or more carries. And look You're back. Going at, to trust Bruce Arians here? I think so. You look back at the last three weeks. Uh, Fournette's had nineteen, seventeen, and twelve the last three games, mm-hmm. and Williams is coming off two in a row of thirteen each. So 
they've done it each of them the last, you know, uh, two, three weeks. So I think the running game will definitely be a part of the Super Bowl. I think it won't just be two guys going back and throwing the ball all the time. So I think both those guys should get some more action. Yeah, you know, I mean, this was uh, this was actually a bet that I was in on last year in a big way. It was Damian Williams carries. Uh, and he was, I want to say it was like 12 and a half carries, and he cruised past it. He had 12 and a half carries late third, early fourth quarter. It was pacing just beautifully the entire game. And it, it's another it's, it's another bet that I feel like is undervalued a lot uh, the, because of the offenses that come into these games and the way we expect these teams to play and just really the way that the uh, games are played um, this season or in, in the NFL uh, in these days that we just really expect to see a lot of Pass, 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 pass. And that's just not always the way that it goes. Right now, on BetMGM, you've got Leonard Fournette. 11 and a half is his number on carries. Plus 100 for the over, minus 120 for the under. So they've got the under as a small favorite. Uh, Daryl Williams has a nine and a half okay. over under right now. That's plus 125. Right. And then minus 155 for the under. So, I mean, if you like that, if you like these guys, maybe you just take Fournette yeah. out of the equation and you just say, I'll take the plus 125 on Daryl Williams. Uh, that's not a bad number to get here uh, for him. And I agree. I mean, they just haven't shown really any desire to use even Clyde Edwards-Alaire as anything more than a guy who gets a couple of carries here. They had six carries last week. It could be a nice Daryl Williams show at plus 125. Yeah, I like it. Um, let's take a look at the pa- uh, the quarterbacks. Uh, this is something uh, that we're going to get to, and this is one that I find very interesting. It's Patrick Mahomes' passing yards. 329 and a half is the uh, the number that we have from BetMGM. 329 and a half for Patrick Mahomes' passing yards. Minus 105 is the over. Minus 115 is the under. So the under, a tiny favorite here. I love the over, Vic. I love the over in this game. And let's think back to that game in the regular season. As I said, this was a game that the Chiefs were winning the entire game. And yes, the Buccaneers did make it close in the second half, but there was never a moment when the Chiefs were losing. There was a moment when it was tied, and that was when it was 0-0. Zero to zero. That was the only time the Chiefs scored first, and the Chiefs led the rest of the way. They put up 20 points in the second half, and so they have this game script, right? And they've got a two-score lead in the second half. Chiefs, the Buccaneers do whittle it down, but still, with that sort of script, we still saw... 50 pass attempts from Patrick Mahomes in that game, 20 rushing attempts. We know that this Buccaneers defense is susceptible to the big play, the deep pass. We saw it last week a few times from Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Hello, Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Anytime touchdown. Thank you very much. That came in very handy last week. All this for me is just pointing to a monster Patrick Mahomes game. I really like the over 329.5 for him in this one. How about you? Yeah, I see that. I think that uh, I've not liked the Bucks in there for a while. I think the Bucks are in there. They played actually pretty well last week, but I think overall they definitely have some holes. And uh, obviously, you can't, like you mentioned, you can't cover both Kelsey and, and, and Hill. I mean, they're just, just too good and they're just too familiar with Mahomes and what he does. So there's no reason why I shouldn't go under that number. I think it's a good bet. Yeah, right. Uh, just it's one that uh, that jumped right out at me. On the other side, we've got Tom Brady. Three hundred and a half is his number. Plus one hundred for the over. Minus one twenty for the under. Any feel for this one? I think I'm staying away. I mean, maybe things change for me over the next week or so, but nothing really here has me uh, wanting to play it one way or the other. Yeah, I'm with you. I think if anything, I mentioned like I, I like that running game. It's getting better with uh, Fournette mm-hmm. and Jones. Maybe they try to run the ball a little more often. So maybe that's their approach to. Kind of, you know, some teams try to keep the Chiefs' offense off the field. 
I'm not sure that's their case here, but I can definitely see those guys getting enough carries where Brady may not hit that number. It's a tough number, and obviously this is something that's going to change as we uh, get word on Antonio Brown. Obviously did not play in the NFC Championship game. Uh, we'll see if he's able to go for the Buccaneers in the Super Bowl. Have to imagine that it is going to take a lot to keep him out. I would right now bet on him being out there for the Buccaneers, but then it's what level of play is he able to bring to the table. So this is a number that I could see changing as we get a little bit closer to the Super Bowl. So I will say, if you are feeling a big Tom Brady game, if you are feeling a big quarterback back and forth battle, right now might be the time to get in on Brady because if we get good news on Antonio Brown early in the week, and remember, this is sort of a weird week for these teams. I don't think they practiced until Thursday. This is a weird week. Next week is going to be treated more like a regular game week where we're talking about them practicing a normal schedule. So we could get good news on Antonio Brown very early next week, and we could see that Tom Brady number pop up so if you're already liking it now might be the time to jump in um all right let's take a look at a couple of other things that we've got here I want to hit on these uh, some of these uh receiving and rushing yard props but I also want to talk about the first player to score I've got a theory here I want to run it by you and you tell me if I'm crazy um everyone defers right in the NFL everyone defers you win the call you win the toss you defer to the second half the other team receives the one team that we have seen have a little bit of a proclivity to receive, to say, we don't want to defer, we want the ball right now, is the Buccaneers, right? This is the Bruce Arians, no risk it, no biscuit uh, mentality. They want the ball, they want to go out and score, and I would think that would be accentuated even more in a matchup with the Kansas City Chiefs. So I just feel as though no matter who wins the toss, there's a very good chance that the Buccaneers get the ball first. And so what does that have me looking at? Mike Evans plus 1,100 to score the first touchdown. Chris Godwin and Leonard Fournette plus 1,200. Ronald Jones, eh. But Antonio Brown, if he plays plus 1,400, that's the sweet spot. Give me one of those three receivers. Evans at 1,100, Godwin at 1,200, Antonio Brown at 1,400. I find myself leaning toward Godwin for no special reason. I just think it's the Buccaneers that I want to isolate on as the team that is going to score first, and I'll take my shot with one of those three receivers. Is that a harebrained theory? Am I thinking a little bit too hard about no, this, or maybe is there something there? That's good logic. What's uh, what's Cameron Brate? That's a guy I seem like Brady likes to go to a lot recently. Oh, man, let's check out uh, let's check out Cameron Brate. He's like one of the few guys who I didn't write down. but uh, That's the guy who's going to score. That's, that's my guy. Go, right? That's my let's guy. See. Cameron Brate plus 3,000. So you're that's getting 30 it. to 1 on Cameron Brate to score the first touchdown of the game. I just made some money. I appreciate that. I like your logic. <laughs> I'm going to twist a little bit. I'm going to make it to my own. And then my guy is Cameron Brate for the first touchdown. Yeah. So, you know, if you like Cameron Brate to get in the end zone at any point, he's an anytime touchdown of plus 250, uh, which actually I feel like should be a little higher. Um, Scotty Miller's plus 400. Uh, he's one of the – Le'Veon Bell who's not going to play, plus 375. Patrick Mahomes himself, plus 300. Sammy Watkins, plus 320. Those are the only players who have a higher anytime touchdown than, uh, than Cameron Brate. We also have McCole Hardman, plus 275. So, uh, so anytime touchdown, I don't know. I would want Bray to be a little higher if I'm really going to buy into him. But first touchdown, right? I mean, you never know. It's always uh, it's one of my favorite bets to play. I will say, full disclosure, uh, the first time I uh, hit a f- uh, anytime touchdown was the or not uh, not anytime. The first touchdown was Colts Saints, whatever year that was. That was what the 2009 season the 2010 Super Bowl, uh, Pierre Garçon scored the first touchdown in that game. So we're talking 11 years ago now. I've played it every season since. I haven't hit it once since. I'm going to be honest with you out there. So uh, I don't know if you necessarily want to follow my intuition, but know that my intuition is backed up with something well, other 
than just intuition. I feel like if I hit Brait, you'll get credit for it because your logic got me there. So we'll give you the win if it's Cam Brait. So between now and next week's show, I'll do some more research. But it feels like Brait's been a much bigger part of the offense the last half of the year than he was the first half of the year. Yeah, I mean, they did nothing with the tight ends last week, right? I mean, you had the one big play by Rob Gronkowski, which was a huge real-life play, a huge first down uh, that they converted on the little screen to to Gronk, but uh, really didn't get a ton out of the tight end position against the Packers last week. But uh, I I feel like you're right. That feels right that Cameron Brait was a bigger part of the offense in the second half of the season than he was in uh, the first half, uh, let's take a look at some of these uh, yardage props. And I know that uh, I know that you've got some you want to get to also. But let's uh, let's look at the receivers. I'm just going to run down a list. Let me know if any of these jump out at you. I have one uh, that uh, that does intrigue me. We've got Tyree Kill. 89 and a half is the number for him. Six and a half is the reception number. Those are both coming off at minus 110. Uh, Travis Kelsey, 97 and a half is his receiving yard number. That's minus 110. Seven and a half is his reception. The over is minus 150. So a big favorite to get to at least eight catches for Travis Kelsey. Under seven and a half catches is plus 120. Again, all these numbers and odds coming from BetMGM. Flip it over to the Buccaneers. We got Mike Evans, 60. Three and a half yards, four and a half receptions, both minus 110. Chris Godwin, 73 and a half yards, that's minus 110. Five and a half receptions, overs minus 130, under plus 105. And then Antonio Brown, not listed yet because, of course, uh, the injury situation uh, doesn't have him on the board. Any of those from the big time pass catchers on these teams jumping out at you? No, but I can see that if you were, you know, liking the Chiefs to score a lot of points, you want to go with Kelsey and or Hill. You might want to take them both because I think they can't mm-hmm. both be stopped. So you're looking at worst-case scenario, you probably push, and there's also a good chance you win both. So I think that might be a good hedge if you were going that direction. Yeah, it's. Uh, I, I, I was surprised to see the minus 150 on over uh, Travis Kelsey receptions of 7.5. And, and yeah, I mean, I, the, the season Travis Kelsey had – Season for the ages. Uh, we just don't see tight ends, uh, even in this day and age, have the sort of season that he had. But, uh, I mean, how many games has he gone over seven and a half this season, you ask? Quite a few. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, and that includes the playoffs. So he's gone over seven and a half in eleven games uh, this season. That has you feeling pretty good and he has done it Vic in a one two three four five six seven eight nine of the last ten for this team so the minus 150 still feels a little heavy to me and that's uh, it, I'm not playing the under I'll say that but it's the minus 150 scares me off of the over maybe should, if that juice think, comes down a little bit yeah maybe it might come down a little bit but I think also like, I know Devin White's not great at covering linebacker or tight ends mm-hmm. I'm not sure with the other linebackers but Definitely seems like there might be a way to exploit that if you're the, if the Chiefs. So maybe you even want the number to go up and the juice to come down. Maybe you know, that could be a possibility also. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's something you could uh, something you could check out for sure. Buccaneers, as I said, uh, Mike Evans sixty three and a half, Chris Godwin seventy three and a half. Both of these at minus one ten. Uh, either of those guys interesting to you? I have a hard time with Mike Evans. Mike Evans, I can never get right. Usually when I think he's going to have a big week, he doesn't, and then uh, and vice versa. So I think he's a hard guy for me to predict. But uh, especially with Antonio Brown mentioned, Brown's a huge X factor if he's going to play or not and how big a role he'll have. So I think I'll stick with my guy Cameron Brait and then forget, <laughs> forget about the rest. Yeah, so I like Godwin, and 73.5 is not a number that scares me. But as I said, right, I think Antonio Brown's going to play in this game. And so this is what I'm going to wait on. This is what I am strategically not playing right now because I want Antonio Brown to be active, and I want that Chris Godwin number to come down. I'm not expecting Antonio Brown to be active, and then Chris Godwin's number drops 10 yards. But 
Could it drop five yards? Could we be talking about a number that's more at like 68 and a half a week from now? I think we could be. So this is one that I will have my eye on. I want to uh, hopefully get good news on Antonio Brown, see that Chris Godwin number come down, and then we'll go ahead and jump on it. Uh, you mentioned before we got recording here that there were some things that uh, caught your eye, not just uh, in this market. So what else are you looking at here that we haven't discussed already? Actually, I mentioned the two-two. I mentioned the uh, the running back play I liked a lot. I mentioned JPP. Mm-hmm. I couldn't find the safety. I've always thought the safety one's fun, especially if I'm looking at defenses playing. The, bigger, uh, bigger... the either team to register a safety, that yeah. a safety happens in the game. Yeah, those are I fun. I got you. Especially in the big, uh, big party, those are big talkers. Right now, we've got uh, the yes, there will be a safety, is plus 750. Seven right. and a half to one on your money. All right, I gotta take, gotta take that. That's, that's gonna happen. There's gonna, <laughs> gonna be a safety. So I think uh, I'm leading defenses in this game, leading with the under. So I'll go with the safety as well. I think that. Man, just gonna play defenses across the board. <laughs> I mean, you could look at uh, you could look at some interception props for uh, for some Ooh. of these guys. You could look at a defensive player. The first one. Why not just go all the way with JPP? He uh, he starts his run to the MVP by being the first player to score. Like a tip, a tip interception. He scores. Yeah. All right, I like it. Yes, yeah, yeah, something like that, right? I mean, we're looking at uh, a Buccaneers defensive player to be the first touchdown scorers plus two thousand. How about so, I mean, that could just that could just get you rolling right there. All these sexy bets, I'm going to be rolling with the defense and with Cameron Brait. You got to love it. I'll be the, uh, the unsexy Every, side You know of that the, the, the thing you want to do in a Super Bowl between Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady is just go defense, go, defense, All the defense, way entirely, right? exactly. I've never seen the coming. Uh, let's, uh, let's jump in on some of these uh, rushing props. Uh, again, these are limited right now. Uh, right now, all the numbers that we have are limited to uh, Daryl Williams, Leonard Fournette, and the quarterbacks. Uh, Daryl Williams, the rushing yard number for him, 34 and a half. The receiving yard number for him, 13 and a half. Receptions, two and a half. Uh, they're, the only thing that's not coming off at minus 110 is the receptions over plus 100 under minus 120. Leonard Fournette, I find this interesting. 50 and a half is his uh, rushing yard number. Overs plus 100, under minus 120. So we're talking about the under being a slight favorite here. And I think that's just an interesting one to talk about. I don't know how I feel about it. Again, we talk, you and I talked about this last week. I said I just didn't want to trust Bruce Arians with the way he uses these backs. So I was just totally, you know, washing my hands in the backfield. Whatever happens with Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones happens. I'm not going to have any investment in it. The fact that this number is sitting at an under of minus 120, that actually has me a little intrigued on the under that we would see this be as aggressive of a number as it is in terms of what the juice is you're paying to get it. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it's a good point. That's why I'm probably more comfortable with the Fournette number of carries than I am mm-hmm. with the Fournette yardage. Mm-hmm. I think you could – I'm not sure what he's going to do. I think they'll give him the ball, but I'm not sure what he's going to do with it. So I think I definitely would uh, not be gung-ho about over 50. I think I would definitely – Stick with my carries and, and not worry about the yardage. Yeah, receptions for uh, Leonard Fournette, three and a half is uh, the over is a small favorite, minus 115. And they really have, even when Ronald Jones was the guy, quote, the guy for the Buccaneers, you know, Leonard Fournette was someone who they did enjoy leaning on uh, in, a, in the receiving role out of the backfield. So that's still something that I do think we could see. And I'm just going to check really quick. I don't think we have a rushing plus receiving yard. We do now. We do. When I first checked earlier, uh, when I was setting this up, we did not. We do have it now. Leonard Fournette's rushing plus receiving, 78.5 is the number. The over is plus 105. And I don't know, Vic. I mean, if I was going to play one of those, if I was going to play Leonard Fournette plus 50.5 or 50.5 as a small underdog uh, for just rushing or 78.5 combined at plus 105, 
I like that a little better because of just reading the tea leaves with uh, with where these bets are being priced and uh, what the, the way that this Tampa Bay team has used Leonard Fournette in the passing game. I find that a little bit more intriguing. And you know, you know that they're going to try to have some some rush beaters with the screen. And it's going to be Leonard Fournette who's getting those screens, right? It's going to be Fournette or Gronk. We saw Gronk get the big one last week. I think we could see Leonard Fournette get the big one this week. Last week against Green Bay, caught five passes for 19 yards uh, against New Orleans the week before, five for 44. Against Washington, the first game of the playoffs, four for 39. Like, the dude can catch. This is not the same stone-handed uh, Leonard Fournette that we remember from his LSU days and early on in Jacksonville. I mean, last year for the Jaguars, he caught – where is it at? Uh, there it is. He caught 76 passes on 100 targets in a full season with the Jaguars last year. I mean, this is a guy who the Buccaneers like using in this role. I'm really talking myself into, like, all of Leonard Fournette's receiving props. Let's just line him up and knock him down. Yeah, I think he's been a great thrower this year. Obviously, getting cut and, and signing with the, the Bucks. I think you get the sense that both Arians and Brady like him. They like having him involved. They like him having a big role. I think he definitely is a, become a big part of that team. I think he definitely could be, if they're winning especially and they kind of run the clock mm-hmm. down, he could have a huge game, I think, if they're on the right side of the score. So, yeah, I think there's a good upside with Fournette. I'm just not sure, again, I mean, you mentioned that the rushing yards are kind of mm-hmm. it's a little it gives me a little bit of stoppage, but um, I like yeah. overall. I like the, the screenplays. I like overall the number. It sounds like a, a good number. It just feels I, like I, I like the double dip. I like that no matter what, when, as long as he's getting touches, you're contributing to that number, and I'm willing to have to get another 28 yards on top of what he needs for the rushing prop to win, and you get a little bit better of odds. Plus 105 is the over right now for that. Again, the uh, rushing just sitting at plus 100. Uh, Let's just really quickly before we wrap things up here, and again, this is part one of a two-part extravaganza that's going to be wrapped up next week, so we are not done by any stretch of the imagination when we say goodbye to you on this episode, but let's really quick just run through some of the other props. Part of what's fun about the Super Bowl, right? We love talking about the game itself. We're here for the game. We're here to see who wins, who is crowned champion, but this is the Super Bowl, right? We like to have some fun with some of the other ones. As you said, safety, that's plus 750. Uh, A three and a half point spread. We all expect this game to be relatively close. Will the game go into overtime? That's plus 900 for yes. Uh, Obviously, we just saw a Super Bowl overtime uh, a couple of years ago between uh, between the Falcons and the uh, Patriots, uh, plus 900. Maybe if you think this is game is going to be that close, uh, something to think about. Here's one that when I first started uh, betting in a real way, uh, Vic, you know, like probably a, a, you know, a decade and a half ago or something, one that really confounded me when I first saw, and the odds are always like this for this one particular bet that you always get offered as a Super Bowl prop. Will either team score three unanswered times? And this doesn't count, you know, the touchdown and the extra point as two. You have to have three separate scores, touchdown, field goal, and safety. It's always like this. Yes, a team will score three unanswered times is a monster favorite. Minus 250. No is plus 175. Uh, Games don't go as back and forth. Even close games don't necessarily go as seesaw as we imagine they do uh, just by trusting our intuition. So that's one that's, uh, that is very intriguing to me, especially with two offenses that can really get going in these two. Uh, it would not take a lot for one of them to score three straight times and still have a close game. So you like the yes. You're going in favor. I will say that if I play it, I'm going to play the yes. If I play it, I will play the yes. And I would, you know, I mean, I mean, do you want to like, 
I, I like Patrick Mahomes to get us three straight scores at some point in this game, especially with the way that you can double up at the end of a half. If you really, if you, you know, you defer, you score in the end of the first half, you get the ball first in the second half, you score again, you know, now we're just one score away from getting it. So if I play it, I like the, I like yes as the play again, minus 250, right? I mean, that's not what you would necessarily think unless you have, are a degenerate and are as deep into this as I am. Right. No, I would never think that. So I think um, I'm surprised and uh, I wish you good luck, but I will not be doing that myself. <laughs> do you uh, do you want to get involved in any of the like uh, the just total what I mean, there literally is a coin flip bet. But do you want to get in the ones that feel like a coin flip? Who's going to call the first time out? Who's going to commit the first penalty? Uh, who uh, who is uh, going to get the, the first score isn't quite a uh, total coin flip. Right. But. Things like that, like those are always going to be offered to you. Are those things you're right. going to look at at all for this Super Bowl? Not really, but I will do some research between now and then about the anthem. I'll look at the anthem. I'll do some. Mm-hmm. I'll break down some video and see the, the notes. You know, how about you carry the notes and stuff? So that's a big one. That's always a party favorite when you get that going. Again, it'll be a, small, yeah, yeah. a smaller part of this year, but I like the anthem bet. Uh, what else? The Gatorade wine, the color of the Gatorade. I've never been a fan of that. I don't get the. I don't, who cares? Who cares? <laughs> who cares what color uh, the Gatorade can... is? I can give you I can give you the odds right now that we've got okay, from BetMGM. Uh, so the, the favorite is orange. Orange is plus one forty. Yeah. Uh, then yellow, green, lemon, lime, whatever uh, is plus five hundred. Uh, then you've got uh, oh well I'm I'm reading this wrong. Uh, so the next after orange plus one forty, you've got red slash pink plus three hundred. Then you've got the yellow, green, lemon, lime plus five hundred. Uh, clear gray, white. Um, not not sure if this includes water because sometimes that's in there, and we can uh, reach out to our partners at MGM and ask that. But clear gray, white is plus six fifty. Blue is plus eight hundred. Purple, violet, indigo also plus eight hundred. See, of all the so that's be- what we're looking at of all the bets on the board, this has to be the most dirty one. It has to be someone who knows what color is going <laughs> right. to be. Someone has to know this. They they must tell somebody else. Someone's making a killing on this Gatorade bet. I don't know how you find out who it is or what. <laughs> you don't see any movement in these lines. They're very smart. There's no movement on the color of the Gatorade yeah. line. But someone's making some money off this one. I wish I knew who it was, but someone has to know the color. I mean, I, I'm guaranteeing you it's not a surprise. Like, oh, hey, it's you blue. Dig- who knew? I mean, <laughs> you know, we should no, no- we should dig up. Uh, we should dig up in between re- stopping this tonight and uh, when we record next week. You know, the Chiefs just won the Super Bowl. They just won the Super Bowl last year. Right, we can uh, see what Andy oh. Reid was doused with last season, and at least maybe that gives us a little bit of insight into what sort of Gatorade the Chiefs like. And don't you think, like, like Andy, if Andy Reid's a Gatorade drinker on the side, right, he, he it's his call, right? right? It's not like we're changing it up, and it's you know we're gonna let uh, uh, you know some uh, backup linebacker choose what the Gatorade is. No, aren't there? Right? I mean, it's probably different. Patrick Mahomes. Right, maybe yeah. Patrick Holmes gets to choose. Like, we're not letting just we're not going willy nilly with our Gatorade. Now, there's probably the different line. buckets. Like, just because Andy Reid's drinking orange Gatorade doesn't mean they're going to dump the orange <laughs> on him. Someone who's in the know may be like, no, no, that's not for, that's the dumping one's the blue one. Like, it could be different. <laughs> a lot of stuff going on here. A lot of shady stuff. I wish I knew more about, but that one I always right. I thought was the dirtiest one. I'm sure someone's making serious money every year off this Gatorade <laughs> thing. I'm All right, jealous. Well, I've got I'm actually jealous. I've got it screenshotted, so we won't forget. When we uh, get back for part two next week, okay. we will jump back in on this and see if at least maybe the the lines have moved, although you don't really see the Gatorade bath line move very often. <laughs> That's going to do it for this episode of the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast and the Athletic Football Show. We had, hope you had as much fun listening as we did recording again. 
We're just getting started on this discussion because there is no game this week. The game is next week. Vic and I will be back with you to lock in some of these that we already haven't locked in. We'll see if Vic can talk me into jumping on Cam Brait as the first touchdown scorer with him by that episode next week. Until then, uh, thanks so much for listening. Have a great weekend. Enjoy uh, maybe getting your full weekend back and not having football to watch at any point this weekend. We will be back with you next week. Until then, talk to you soon. Cheers. This was the Athletic Football Show.